episode 11 of the thermometer i'm will fritz i'm with nolan thompson we've got a big episode planned for you guys this is a really fun time in baseball it's we're kind of preparing for this last wild card push and i feel like this is when you start to see the teams that are like oh they got hot at the right time so that's what we're kind of approaching right now nolan thompson how are we feeling pretty solid pretty solid we're going to talk about first thing max scherzer is out for the year probably most likely i think that he might come back in the playoffs but yeah i mean the way it sounded like they were wording it like if they made it to the alcs or the world series then he could pitch yeah but at that he probably wouldn't be able to pitch like a full i don't even know if they have a chance to make it to the al you said alcs yeah yeah i don't I mean, they could potentially if their bats get hot, but I mean, hopefully he comes back. I'd like to see him pitch in the postseason. That'd be sweet. I think that, I mean, just thinking about this, what this rotation would be right now, if they had Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer, like the team is a, it's a completely different team. We knew that their rotation was already kind of like, it was looking a little sketchy before this. And then they get Jamon and Scherzer and now one of them's down. So now it's a matter of Jamon evaldi and then if he can get healthy yeah yeah i don't know let's move on though so i wanted to talk about i wanted to kind of start today with talking about like the state of starting pitching um we've seen so many guys either start the year not playing due to tommy john surgery or having their elbow flare up and they're out for the year so there's a lot of guys that are out with elbows right now a list of the names includes guys like uh shane mcclanahan jacob Degrom. we knew this but like there's also Herman Marquez has been out this year. We haven't seen him pitch. Hopefully Walker Buehler comes back soon. Dustin Mays out this year. You Darvish, when his report came out that he had a bone spur in his elbow, like I feel like that just makes everyone cringe a little bit. It's like I don't. It it sounds scary. Like having a. I mean I think it's more common than we uh, think, but it's just kind of scary to hear. Um, there's also guys like Lou Trevino, Scott Efros, Robbie Ray. Lance McCullers, Luis Garcia, uh, Drew, Drew Rasmussen, Jeffrey Springs, like the list goes on and on. But what I wanted to relate from this, there's been a lot of discussion on like the future. Uh, Go ahead. I have one thing to say, and it's, it's all the stuff plus and analytics that are ruining everyone's arms. Oh yeah. Stuff plus. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm kidding. So that that's the opposite of what you actually think or what? That's the opposite of what I actually think. Yeah. It's like my imitation of an old head take. Yeah. Just saying that like when they're focused so much on pitching harder and getting more movement, that's what can lead to more elbow issues. Yeah, I guess. But the surgery has also gotten a lot better. And a lot of these guys, it's like their second Tommy John surgery. So... I'm really curious to see, like, baseball in 50 years. Is it still going to be, like, is there going to be a completely different surgery? Like, that's – I'm really – even just, like, the next 10 years, like, what what baseball is going to look like in terms of, like, pitchers and trying to keep their elbow healthy especially and, like, making that come back a little faster, I'm not sure. I would think but, one, one thing they could do is uh, make roster sizes bigger even like one yeah. one size bigger and then you can have more bullpen guys and starting pitchers don't have to pitch as much and they can you know only go like 
so four maybe or five like innings. You can move to a six man rotation, like a typical six man. Do you do you think they should do that? Like make six man rotations common? I don't know. It's so hard to find that many good starting pitchers. I would think they would just still do a five man rotation, but yeah. they would like pitch a lot less. Yeah. Or you could do like a five or if you had like a couple extra roster spots, you could do something like have a five man rotation and then yeah. every sixth game have like a bullpen game because you have extra guys in the bullpen. Yeah. I think that that'd be that's a really interesting idea. Because like I the ways I mean some teams will prefer that more than others because they like have a deep bullpen and they're really used to having these bullpen games, like the Giants or the Rays. Um Yeah, the Rays but... right now just have four starting pitchers and then every fifth day it, well, it depends if you count Zach Littell or not, but yeah, I mean, he's had a couple games where he's gone pretty deep, but normally he just we're pitches seeing, like four we're innings. Seeing an, we're seeing an evolution of pitching where it's becoming almost like it's becoming almost like basketball did a couple of years ago. It's becoming starting or pitching in general is becoming a little more positionless. We're seeing a lot more like starting pitchers that fail move to the bullpen, and we're seeing it like a lot more of these bullpen games. So, like the statistics aren't necessarily the same anymore because you have relievers pitching one or two like and it's sometimes hard to like analyze who's like the starting pitcher when it's Zach Littell who's probably gonna go like I I think I think teams are realizing that the average bullpen arm is better than the average starting pitcher so there's almost no reason not to use your bullpen like if you if you have good bullpen pitchers going three days without pitching that's like not that's poor management because bullpen pitchers perform better than starting pitchers. yeah like going off of this so i looked up top five world series odds based off of mgm and it was the braves the dodgers the astros the orioles and the rays and i feel like the most interesting takeaway i had from this is the Braves are 11th in starter ERA. The Dodgers are 19th in starter ERA. The Astros are 10th in starter ERA. The Orioles are 16th in starter ERA. And the Rays are the only one that's inside like nine or higher. And they're first. And like we just talked about, they're kind of constructing constructing these bullpen games in different ways to kind of tailor their pitching towards the opposing lineup, which I think is really interesting. Um, but I'm... I'm really curious for the postseason because everyone likes to talk about starting pitching is what gets you deep in the postseason. But a lot of these teams that are heavily favored don't necessarily have like we're gonna we're gonna get to like the Braves later, for example. But a lot of these teams they don't have like a top of the line, like one, two, three knockout punch. Like for example, like the Seattle Mariners do, or even like a team like the Minnesota Twins do, or even like um, like like those sort of teams that like have really strong starting pitching or the Phillies, the, the best teams. Yeah, or like I, the Phillies. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, it is kind of interesting. I mean, I think the Braves. A lot of people are overestimating the Braves' chances of winning because, and and the Orioles too, just because yeah. they don't have very good starting pitching, and the Dodgers as but, well. Like the Dodgers don't either. And and the, the other thing about the Astros is um. Framber hasn't been great. Javier. Yeah, like, I mean, that's so. why they were so good last year, and their bullpen's also taken a step back, too. And that's pretty much why they won the World Series last year. So I think the Rays and the Twins and the Mariners are underrated teams in the American League. And... I agree. Because that, that's, like I said, that's what the, 
that's what the media always likes to talk about it. So starting pitching gets you deep. Who are your top three? Who are, who's going to be like your fourth man if you need him? And a lot of these teams, they don't have like a fourth man that you're you're kind of at a scheduled disadvantage, even versus some mediocre teams like a team like the Brewers or um, certain teams that have better starting rotations. But um, so that'll be interesting to keep an eye on. We want to start off with a couple hot. We want to start off with one hot player, move to a team that's been hot recently, and then we'll kind of wrap it up with some players that have been cold. And then we're going to finish up with, like I mentioned, the Braves and how they've been a little cold recently. And we'll go from there. So let's start with one player that you wanted to talk about that's been hitting the ball pretty well this year. And I don't even necessarily, I mean, he's been hitting really well recently, but I think overall he's been underrated this year. Yeah. Who is the person you would like to talk about? Max Kepler, our German friend. He has a 367 X Woba on the year. And just for some context, that's higher than Austin Riley, Adolis Garcia, Bobichet, Randy Rosarena, Luis Robert, Brandon Nemo, Jose Ramirez, Julio Rodriguez, and Jose Altuve. I think so, that people I think that the Julio Rodriguez name like if you said I think if you like being in being in New York right now, I think if I was like walking around and I was like Max Kepler's a better hitter than Julio Rodriguez, I think like someone would like try to take my head off. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um <laughs> obviously like the production numbers aren't the same, but Yeah. Yeah. X Wobot um, predicts future future hitting yeah, so, better than Wolf yeah was, so yeah ex-Wobo de- so I wanted to mention so from 21 2021 to 2023 he's been the second unluckiest player in all of baseball so the last three years he's been the second unluckiest player outside I guess. of in in terms of Woba minus ex-Wobo so like seeing what the difference is and like how much you're outperforming your ex-Wobo he's only behind one player can you guess that one player is. okay I'll, I'll take a couple of guesses my first guess is vladimir guerrero jr no okay my second guess is aaron judge no that's a good guess though he was up there he's okay my third my third someone who's who's regarded in the baseball community as like i would say like he doesn't have a good reputation like he did something and he's done a couple things and he's um He's been pulled over before. Marcelo Zuna. Yeah, so Marcelo Zuna has actually been the unluckiest player in the last three years in terms of Woba minus ex-Woba. So there's a reason he's raking this year. Welcome back, Marcelo Zuna. We hate you as a person, but you're a good baseball player. Um, What else? What else about Max Kepler? Well, one more thing about Marcelo Zuna is that he always, you know, reps – reps his team like if you go up to him and you know you're like oh who are you and he's just like ozuna from the braves yeah okay if you haven't seen that clip online you need <laughs> yeah all right look so, up ozuna from the braves and just yeah. watch that clip max kepler is first in right field outs above average since 2021 and he's 26 and for a little bit of context second place only has 12 outs above average so he's like that's consistently the best right fielder in the league for the past three years. Somebody who you would think of as a great fielding right fielder is Mookie Betts. And he only has four outs above average in right field. And he's actually played more innings in right field than Max Kepler. So 
but I don't. I think that I think it's that like that he's been very people because we don't when we think of Gold Glove outfielders. I think that it's typical that like you think of like a Mookie Betts or you think of, even just like you think of like Trent Grisham. You think of guys that even though he doesn't play right, but you don't typically think of Max Kepler. Yeah. So it's interesting I mean, to see that. It's kind of it's just really odd though because he's like in terms of how fast he is, he's like average. So it's like yeah. he must just have like insane reactions and he must not make errors because yeah. he's just been insane in right field. Even though like there's always been like what there's been like one person better than him every year. Like I don't know who is in 2021, but in 2022 it was Mookie Betts and he won the gold glove. Yeah. Or that would be in the National League, but whoever won it last year. And then like this year, I think Fernando Tatis is going to be higher than him. Yeah, he will. So I think, That's what I'm saying too. but he's in the National League, so I think Max Kepler could have a Gold Glove this year, and he's been hitting really, really well. And so I think it might have something to do with the shift change, since he tends to pull the pull the ball a lot, pull the shit out of the and ball, and especially on the ground. So having like the second baseman in right field really hurt him. But not only are his results up because of the shift change. But his batted ball data is also better than it has been in previous yeah. years. So it's like kind of a combination of the two. Yep. Let's move on. Let's go to the Orioles, who we kind of have as our main hot team this week. The Orioles are 7-3 and three in their last 10. They have a 4.94 starter ERA in that span. So they, they're 7-3, and three, even though they have like an ERA, starter ERA close to 5. Their bullpen, which has kind of been like – like what they're known for this year, um, 3.8 reliever ERA with Felix Bautista down, Yanir Cano. So his last three appearances, he has given up four earned runs, but middle relief guys such as like Danny Kulum and Shintaro Fujinami, who is like that deadline addition, they've stepped up recently, which has helped. But the bash just kind of keep hitting. Outside of Jorge Mateo and Ryan Mountcastle in September, the entire team that qualifies has a WRC plus over 110. You have 239 WRC plus from uh, Jordan Westberg. You have a 225 WRC plus from Aaron Hicks. Talk to me nice, Aaron Hicks. Um, and then I wanted to talk about Adley Rutschman a little bit. I don't think we've brought him up for a while on this podcast. I think everyone knows who he is, obviously, but and knows he's like a solid player, but so last 10 days, he's at a 138 WRC+, plus, 38% better than league average, um, a 20% walk rate, a 7% K rate. So he's walking like almost triple the amount that he's striking out in the last uh, like little over a week. And that brings his year-to-date stats to a 3.8 F4, a 121 WRC+, plus, and his XWO was actually 20 points higher than his WOBA. Um and he's fourth among catchers only behind i believe it is sean murphy will smith and wilson Contreras. we talked about last week if you have not listened to that episode that's a great episode so listen to that one episode 10 um he also walks more that he's or he's almost walks more than he strikes out on the entire year like that's i feel like a really good baseline for someone who has really good like like zone control or like a really good eyes if they're walking more than they strike out like that's a really rare thing to do and you know that they have a really good eye he just he's almost doing that um 
he's still like a 70th, 80th percentile catcher. Hasn't been quite as good on defense this year, but he's still really solid. And he's 25. He's going to be a guy that I feel like we see in this league for a long time, even though he came up a little later out of college, out of Oregon State. Um, but I think he's going to be a long, a good player for a long time in this league. And I think that he's like a big part of the Orioles' success this year and will be a big part of like the Orioles' success in the future as well. Uh, yeah, one thing to note about the Orioles is they just called up Heston Kierstad to the big leagues. Again. This was the second one, right? He's because he was already called up. No, no. Well, he hasn't taken a big league at bat or plate appearance. Really? Yeah. I, well, it's kind of weird. Thing is, cause... it's probably because I'm confusing it because they have so many damn prospects that I keep. They, they all look they the get, same too. They get jumbled together. I was thinking of um, I was probably thinking of um, who's the guy who plays right? Colton Kowser. Yeah, Colton Kowser. Or, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, okay. but anyways, move on. I mean, I think the only reason they would call him, they haven't annou- announced like who is going down, or so it's kind of weird because he's like a lefty and he plays first in corner outfield. So, are they gonna play him? I mean, they would have to probably, it's like Ryan O'Hearn or something going on the il it's kind of weird because like it's kind of weird to call him up and there's not really a spot for him to play i don't think but i maybe somebody's hurt or something but and it might just be it could just be a terms of in terms of like this is a time where since they're i don't even know like is this the time to bring up a guy because you want to get you want to win your division you're two games up from the rays i mean i think this is a time to really like i mean he might be able to debut he might be able to help you because who I think they've been pl- platooning like Roman. I don't. They could like platoon him with Ryan Mountcastle. Maybe I'm. I'm not yeah, really sure. Oh, actually, Ma- Ryan Mountcastle. Mountcastle isn't playing today because he's injured. So he's he could be going on the so IL. There's probably it's probably a mix of just yeah. giving him a break as well. I think that. Let me go see if their lineup is out yet. I think it should be. They're matching up with, I believe. No, they're they're not playing him. That's so weird. Instead, they're they called him up, and then they're not playing him. Yeah. So normally, Aaron Hicks for them only plays against oh, lefties. Oh, ten minutes ago that he got okay. So yeah, but super recently he just got called up. Yeah, but they're playing Aaron Hicks over him, so it's kind of weird that, especially because it's a right-handed pitcher, and Aaron Hicks is better against lefties. So he well, normally doesn't he play might, against right. He might be traveling. True. It, I, he's probably travel. I don't know where. I, mean, I don't yeah. know where they're. I mean, if you're gonna affiliate is right now, but they're probably traveling. So, I like I would be shocked if he's not in the lineup tomorrow. Then that's weird. But yeah, I mean, this is by the way, this is a huge series. It's uh, Rays Orioles. Rays. Yeah. yeah, and the Rays are currently two games behind them for the division race. So the Rays could definitely still take the division. Yeah. Um, I. I mean, I'm a fan of the Rays. I still think that the we. I feel like both of us still think that the Orioles are fraudulent. I think that I'm not as strong on that take as I was because I'm like, still super strong on it because their starting just, pitching isn't very good, st- and their yeah, bullpen like, is just okay now. Their bullpen is just okay, and I don't really. I mean, even if you say like, "Oh, their offense is incredible," right? Like that's what would have to carry them in the playoffs because their pitching is below average but you go look you go look baltimore 
one I mean 107 WRC plus is eighth, but I mean like Houston's above them, Texas, Tampa Bay's above them, Seattle's above them. Like those are the teams that you're going to be playing against. So yeah, and they have better I think pitching. Also, than also it comes down to like it. It just swings right back to that conversation we were having earlier, though. Like how different are the Orioles and the Dodgers right now? I mean, really, uh, like they're pretty like I. Because if you're calling the the Orioles like these com- this complete like these complete frauds and their pitching is like slightly below average, but the Dodgers has been. I mean, even I mean, I, what would I say? I would say is like at least the Dodgers have a number one. Like the Dodgers have the top of the rotation guy with Kershaw. So yeah, I mean that's true. I don't know. Like you're probably going to what Bradish game one, but. Even with, like, I'm just saying, if you compare the two teams, like, I don't think yeah. that they're that far apart. I, I right understand now. what you're saying, yeah. Because they're neither of their bullpens have, like, I mean, like we said, the Orioles' bullpen has been performing, but without Felix Bautista, it's a completely different rotate or back into the rotation. Both of their top, both the Dodgers and the Orioles, their top guy, Blake Trinan, has been out for a while. And, um, Felix Bautista's down, so I mean, I think that they're comparable. I mean, teams, I mean, but... to to be fair, Evan Phillips is like just as good as Blake Trinan, I think. Okay, but I'm, but you you understand? Yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like they have top top end relievers that are down. Yeah. Um, I just think that it's an interesting like comparison of the two teams because they're kind of in similar spots, but also the Dodgers have won. A couple less games, if that, if that's worth anything, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the Dodgers are the better team, but they are very similar. And I guess yeah. pe- I, th- I think part of the reason people think they're different is just because the Dodgers have won recently, and they have two hitters who are just absolutely amazing. And the Orioles and do they it have a history of of being incredible. Being where the Orioles have a lot of like young guys who are pretty good hitters, and they kind of just do yeah. it together as a team. That's so, what I was gonna say. Is there uh, the Orioles are definitely a more well-rounded lineup all around <laughs> than the Dodgers? And they but... have they have so many options in AAA too. Like their AAA team is insane. Like they still have have top prospects like Holiday, Kobe Mayo, Jory Ortiz, and Colton Cowser and Connor Norby all in AAA right now. So yeah, it's kind of. I, I mean, but where do you, you can't, it's hard to, you, you're not going to bring them up right now. It's hard to move. Like, I feel like you have a well-oiled machine right now and you don't really want to change it a lot. Um, I mean, but that's just me. To be honest, I think they're kind of weak at second base. I think they should just, pro- they should probably just call up Jackson Holiday, right? Did you cut out there? I didn't hear you. I think, I think they should call up Jackson Holiday because I think second base is probably the weakest position for them. Jackson Holiday, you think Jackson Holiday should play? I don't think so. Yeah, at all. that'd be so sick, though. Okay, but that's just—he's <laughs> so nineteen. A half. That's a rush and a half. Dude, his his forty-one WRC plus in AAA is good enough. Uh, we know, like the Orioles are like they love their prospects <laughs> and they don't want to let them go for like well, you know, a bag of chips. Yeah, but but it would be insane if they were like. No, we're not going to move anyone, but we're going to let a 19-year-old start at second base in the playoffs 
Like, dude. Okay, so steamer. That's Juan Soto esque. Yeah, well, steamer is like predicts what your major league stat line would be based on um like what you've done in the minors, and they project you'd have a ninety four WRC plus. So, because okay. he ninety four WRC. I mean, plus. hold on. Let's who would be replacing like Adam Frazier? Yeah. Well, I, I think. Don't know. I mean. That just puts so, you don't like. It, yeah, I mean Adam Frazier's numbers in, are I don't okay. Think Adam Frazier in the mode of yeah, it's I, really weird. They have the second best rate record in baseball, but I don't think that they're in the mode to win a World Series. Like I don't. I mean Adam Frazier's an out okay. Moves at the deadline. Yeah, I don't think that they're in that mode yet. Adam Frazier is like similar offensive number. He's like a ninety-eight WRC plus, and he's like an average fielder. Yeah. He's like yeah. literally been replacement level this season. So yeah, I I mean I I would call it Jackson Holiday because why not? But I, I mean I just he's nineteen. Like, so dude, he had a one fifty three WRC. His, what's his what's his stat line in triple right now? Uh so how many re- games has he played in triple? Eight. Okay. So this year, this year he started at he started at a ball. 67 yeah. play appearances, 226 WRC plus. Then he gets called. I don't care. Then he gets called do, up to A plus, 162 WRC plus. Then he gets yeah. called up to Double A, 153 WRC plus. Yep. And he in Triple A so far. Okay, 179 BABIP is really low. He's walk. He's walked 17.5 percent of the time and only struck out 12.5 percent of the time. And I believe. In triple. Yeah, and he. Oh, this doesn't count. He hit a home run today too. In triple A. What's his like WRC plus in triple? Forty one, but he had a home run today. Okay. So what? Fifty two? He's only has forty plate appearances and he's walking more than he strikes out. And he's like okay. elite defensively. So you're telling me you're calling up he has like okay, right now he'll probably have what, a fifty five WRC plus through nine games in triple after today. And he's nineteen and you say bring him up. Yes. To the yes. I, I completely disagree. I mean, give him like a week, and if he just like goes on a tear, then sure. But like, it needs to be a tear because you oh, see guys that are like getting stuck in AAA, yeah. and they're not going to do it. They're I mean, they definitely need to move like Jordan Westbrook too, because I think like Kobe Mayo is probably your third baseman of the future, and he's just better in every Gunner way. Henderson? No, no, Kobe Mayo. No, I'm. So Gunnar Henderson's at short. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jackson Holiday at second base. But I would, I mean, to be honest, I think Kobe Mayo is probably better than Jordan Westberg. So I think Jordan, they can move Jordan Westberg probably and Joey Ortiz. I guess he could play first base maybe. And they could move to like Connor Norby. But they just like, yeah. they literally have like seven props, like seven l- left side of the infield prospects. Yeah. Or young players that should just be playing every day are right now. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy, but being an Orioles fan would be fun. Not it would not because their front office I think is a little stupid. Okay, but it would be because it doesn't like they could literally do nothing and they would probably be World Series contenders the next I don't no, I don't I mean, think they, they did, would. No, no, okay. no, they need, they need pitching. pitching. They need, they need pitching. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean they did add Jorge Lopez to off waivers. They added Jorge Lopez. Yeah. Oh. 
Okay, since returning, he's a five. He's pitched five point two innings, six point three five ERA, but he's a two point nine zero FIP and two point oh seven xFIP since returning to the Orioles. Hmm. His strike. I'm gonna need a bigger sample size than five point two. <laughs> his strikeout number. I mean, if you look at like his strikeout numbers, have gone from like in the sixes with the Twins and Marlins to fourteen. So he's probably really happy to be back. Yeah. Even as a Twins fan, you just have to be like, I feel like you just have to be happy to like see the downfall of Jorge Lopez and then be like, okay, go back to your home. If he's good like again, I'm going to be pissed off. It's like you go, it's like you go to like, you go outside and you're like five, right? And you like find like this little turtle and you're like, mom, can I have this turtle? And then you get the turtle, right? You get to hold him, take care of him for a couple days. And then he starts like really not liking it. Mm. And he like starts like biting people and stuff. And then you're like, okay, go back into the wild. And now. No, you stop. No. Oh, he has a 2.08 FIP. So it's like, you just got to be happy for the guy. No, I, you know what I would do? What? I would stop feeding him until he gets a 2.0 FIP in <laughs> captivity. It's insane. It's insane. <laughs> well, okay. All right. Let's talk about some players who suck now. Um, Trevor's story has a zero WRC plus in the last 30 days. Uh, that's the lowest in the league. He has a 36% K rate. And also like, this just doesn't help with their late playoff push. Like they have what a point point, probably like a, I think I checked a couple days ago. It's like a 0.2% chance to make the play. They're not making the play. I mean, they had like a 10% chance a couple weeks ago, like right when he was coming back. Yeah, but he's been terrible. Um, he's a top five or bottom five in K rate. He went yard today. WRC plus. He did go yard today, so he's shutting me up. Yeah, he um, heard you. He heard you talking shit. He did. He did. <laughs> um, and also, Kyle Bloom is Kyle Bloom has been fired as well. That's lame. That what? That's yesterday. so lame. Yeah, dude, I don't understand. Like they. The ownership has not allowed him to spend any money and he's rebuilt one of the worst farms in baseball like four years ago to like a decent like a pretty good farm now like i don't know yeah. what red sox fans wanted him to do differently like he wanted to re-sign mookie Betts, but the ownership didn't want to pay him so then he had to trade him yeah and then they got rafi back yeah i mean like they lost they lost they uh, actually xander yeah they have like like they have a like a good like they have a good like situation. We, talk, we talked about them in the AL East three year outlook, which I think is episode eight. You should listen to that as well. Um but like like we talked about their the future and it looks pretty good. Like they have these guys like Tristan Casas is playing really good baseball right now. Uh Don Rafael is like slowly figuring figuring things out. Um, and he's not even gonna be like your big hitting prospect. I mean, he's been hitting. I mean, one thing I would say though is that like the Yoshida and Trevor Story deals look pretty bad right now, and the Chris they Sale do. one too. He and he gave out all three of those. Like the Yoshida deal. It's a messy. It's a me- like it's it's slightly messy in terms of pitching as well. Like, I mean, they're not they're not huge deals, but I mean, one thing that I would say is that the Red Sox have traditionally had a super super high payroll, and they just have like a slightly above average payroll this year so it's not like you expect them to be amazing but i mean like the yoshida deal like he 
has a 0.7 F4. And he's outperformed, still outperforming his ex-Wobo by 20 points. Like, he's like, a, he's almost like a worse version of Kyle Schwarber. Yeah. Like, he has not been good this year. Like, he started off pretty well. But, I mean, if you go down to... It's also his first year in the big leagues. Yeah, I mean... But I mean, he's, he's I, probably, like, what, he, 30? Yeah, plus. he is. But you have to play yeah. so well to be worth $18 million as a DH. Like, so far this season, he's only been worth $5.5 million. Yeah. And he's outperforming some of his expected stats, so... But at the end of the day, it's like you're if you have a slightly above average payroll and your team is slightly above average, yeah, you can't you can't put it all on the GM. Like I, and, I don't know. And they do it's have a, there's like, a lot more to it than we're dissecting right now. But I mean, and they have guys like Marcelo Meyer and like Roman Anthony. Yeah, Roman. Like they, yeah, we were talking about them. Yeah. yeah, Roman Anthony. So he was like going off in A plus ball this year, one sixty four WRC plus, and then through his first. 31 game or 31 plate appearances in double a he's a 182 wrc plus and he's walking pretty much twice as much as he strikes out and that's and he's like a 316 babbit too so it's not like he's getting super bad like having super insane batted ball luck and he's hit yeah he's just crushing the ball and not striking out like they have they definitely have a better form than what it was so i mean well it's pretty good now yeah before it was like horrible yeah so it, it doesn't totally make sense in my brain, but I mean, it kind of uh, depends on who they replace him with. To be yeah, honest, yeah, totally. All right, let's keep going. Um, I wanted to just talk about Christian Yelich. This is also a guy who, like, you need bats in the Brewers lineup. We've mentioned it before. They don't have a lot of bats in the lineup. They don't have this consist these consistent guys that are giving you everyday performances. And Christian Yelich in the last 30 days, he's been like bottom 15 in WRC plus at 52, 48% worse than league average. And he's only hit one homer in that span as well. So it's a team that you, we've talked about their struggles with hitting before and they just continue to struggle. It's they really like, they really have to heavily rely on their pitching to get them through the playoffs and then it'll that'll only get you so far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of insane that they haven't transitioned him into a platoon role yet. He's a 65 WRC plus. Not recently on this season against left-handed pitching. Like he's unplayable against lefties. He does have a 134 WRC plus against righties, but I mean, what I, what I would say is like he has to like transition transition into a platoon role just because he is so unplayable against left-handed pitching but i mean i don't even know who they have like i guess they could play like brian anderson in the outfield instead of him but Mm -hmm. it just they don't have a lot of options it's like ridiculous like they have they literally have like two good hitters it's crazy yeah Yeah, in terms of team ops they're 25th in the league which is just insane and even though they have good starting pitching and a good bullpen it's been crazy yeah um i think we're gonna get a little bit deeper into the brewers in like a further episode because we're gonna do i think we're gonna do we're gonna look at all these playoff teams once they're finalized and i think we're gonna do an outlook on where we see them kind of going but to wrap today let's talk about the atlanta braves we mentioned them earlier they just clinched their division however they're five and five in their last 10 so 
Is their foot coming off the gas a little bit? I don't know. What do you think? I mean, it doesn't really matter. They just clinched the division, so... And they're going to get the one. They're, they're going to get, get the, the one seed, so it's fine. But, I mean, it's just going back to the whole starting pitching thing. Who is the number three starter? Like, who do you I go to? It should be it should be Charlie Morton. I agree, but, I, I mean, I, I just don't think he's that he's quality. Like, he's, his numbers. he's, we had, we he's solid. He but... was outperforming his numbers earlier, and he kind of regressed towards the mean. Yeah, fourth. Four five four XCRA. I mean, he's just walking like a ton of people this year. Yeah. Like four point. He's almost. He's like pretty much are you, walking. Are you a talking about Morton or Elder? Morton. He's like walking like a batter every two innings. It's just pretty horrible. So, I think that if if there is like a good a good thing for Charlie Morton, I think that like he's not probably gonna end up facing a team. Actually, that's not true. So he might end up facing, like, if if the Braves say end up facing the Phillies in the NLDS, they're in the same division. They've seen each other before. And I feel like Charlie Morton is probably a guy where the more you see him, the more you get comfortable with him because he has, like, that really good curveball. But I feel like once you let big league hitters kind of just see that and adjust to it and see it three or four times in a year, I think that it can like it can be bad news. And also, like, so you have you have Max Fried going game one. You're you're happy with that. You have Spencer Strider going game two. Well, I no, I mean, I think Spencer Strider is going to go game one. I mean, do you think he'll go one? Well, he's clearly the better pitcher, I think. I don't know. It just becomes an like. I think that it it can become an issue of like. You're kind of sketched out, a little bit with Spencer Strider because you've seen these blow up starts before. Morton's the guy that like, he'll have some his blow up starts are like, four earned runs. Like he's not a guy that, like if I look at his game log, um. Like he's not really a guy that when he blows up will be like two innings, six earned. He's a guy that'll be like, that'll be like five innings, like four earned. Like there's not as much like risk in my opinion, because it's like, I'm not saying that Morton should start over Spencer Strider game two, but I'm just saying like, neither of them are guys that like, I love to see on the mound in a series against the Phillies. Yeah, I would I, I would agree with that. I mean, I yeah, it's kind of a weird situation because they can kind of just do whatever they want till the playoffs. They could possibly like shut Morton down just to give him some rest. Yeah, I think that it. No one talks about Charlie Morton throws ninety. <laughs> he's averaging ninety five miles an hour on his fastball at age thirty nine. No one does that. Yeah, he's, he's an animal. He's crazy old, and he has like the super high spin curveball. So he definitely has some nasty stuff. His issue is he just walks too many people. He has yeah. pretty good strikeout numbers, but too many walks and decent amount of home runs. Yeah, he's like it's kind of been the problem for Strider too. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is Strider like still like I think leads the league in F four. So yeah, 
That's because it's well, if you look at B War though, it's probably the opposite. Yeah, but F War does a better job of predicting the future than B War, so and they don't so, they don't care about the past. If people don't know what we're talking about, B War is based on ERA, correct? Yeah. And you should B War on... B War it refers to the website baseball reference. And that's the yeah. calculation you'll see on uh their website and then F War is on fan graphs. Yeah, and that uses I don't know if the F and F war stands for fan graphs or it stands for I, FIP. But either way, it's based on FIP. Yeah. So And FIP better predicts the future ERA of a pitcher than ERA itself. So eventually we're gonna get to X war. I think that that's gonna be a fun transition. Dude, I wanna see that. Like I wanna Unexpected see war. I wanna see X war based on uh like base like use Instead of using like WRC plus to calculate war, yeah. you use um, X Woba. X Woba, yeah. Yeah, I would like to see that. That would be really Ooh. interesting. Maybe I maybe I'll take a turn at calculating Nolan, that. Nolan is gonna make it. <laughs> yeah, Nolan is gonna make a X Woba based war, and he's gonna write a book about it. <laughs> and no, I'm keeping it to published. myself. No one gets to see it. Okay, whatever. Then I'll. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Um, but I think that do you want to like wrap talking a little bit about like I feel like we should cover a couple like statistics that what's okay. this... what statistics should we cover? We should cover some sort of statistic. Yeah, so my favorite ones, so let's start with fielding is outs above average. I think that, well, first of all, so the main two sites that I feel like probably both of us use is Baseball Savant and Fangraphs. Yeah. So those are probably the two top ones that you want to use, in my opinion. And I think if you're looking at, like, if you're wanting to look more at, like, expected stats and fielding, I think that it's, I like Baseball Savant more. I like the user interface a little bit more. But if you want to look at, like, production, I think that Fangraphs is a little better. It's a little easier to compare players on Fangraphs um, and like look at like your basic like sort by this stat and read from there. So I think Fangraphs is better for that. Yeah. But if you want to look at like individual players, I think that the interface on Baseball Savant is amazing. Like you can type in a player and it gives you like these red and blue, like basically like bars that tell you what percentile they are in that certain category. So I, so you can kind of go either way, but it's about weighing which one you want to use a little more. Yeah, so another good thing you can look at is called, it's the site is called Baseball Prospectus. Yep. And so they have, I think they actually kind of have their own version of X war to say, because I they calculate their war using, um, it's called deserved runs created plus. And so that's yeah. like war based on X war, basically. I don't know the exact calculation. But yeah. th that's what they do, I guess. And so that's yeah. something interesting to look at. But I mean, it, it's kind of weird because they have war here, but they have Ronald Acuna Jr. 2.3 war higher than Mookie Betts. So that's something. It's, yeah. Because so I think they're using X war. When we're talking about war on this, on like this podcast, we're pretty much always, you're like always referring to F4, am I correct? Yeah, right now I'm yeah, referring so like to... We refer to F4 a lot, but there's a lot, there's different calculations. Like if someone, 
that's why we try to say F4 instead of war because there's different ways to calculate it and different publications use like different statistics more heavily. Yeah, so but I mean, just then I was referring to baseball prospectus warp, which is wins above wins above replacement player, which is like the same thing. And yeah. I think they use that using DRC, which is deserved runs created plus, which uses like batted ball data and walk rate and strikeout rate and stuff like that, and doesn't really focus yeah. on results. And another thing that baseball prospectus is known for is pitch framing. Yeah. They have like, and they've. I think that tr- it's pretty well. Like they have really good catching defensive stats. Yeah, and I, yes, and I think yeah. they've been doing. Uh they've been doing framing numbers like historically for a lot longer. I'm pretty sure. So like they can more correctly so you can track it for further back. Yeah, so you can like more correctly predict like players like career who are more reliant on defense like yeah i mean if you like def- their defensive runs prevented because they had they weight framing and catcher defense a lot into their formula for deserved yeah. runs prevented and like patrick bailey's number one austin hedges number yeah. two jonah Heim number three so like and but then you'll see like some similar names in terms of who is on there but they combine their defensive stats yeah between catchers and outfield players like infield outfield players so that's kind of interesting to look at but i guess it is right to be a little bit skeptical of how do you compare a catcher's defensive value to a shortstop's defensive value it's kind of weird but they claim they can do it so yeah um i mean to wrap on like that whole discussion i think like if you're looking to look at like stats and kind of get deeper into different kinds of stats i think that like fan like if you just go on fan graphs like they write articles all the time that they fit these stats into and i think that that can help you kind of learn about each stat you can also just like go to the glossary on either savant or um fan graphs as well and kind of just look at which ones you like the most i think that that's the most important thing is like figuring out why you weigh one stat versus another and um, but overall like the top three websites that like you can use when like if you have if you're curious and like what are they saying on this podcast fangraphs.com really good website we use it all the time that's probably number one recommendation number two recommendation is baseballsavant.mlb.com that's a really good one to look at individual players and then also like baseball prospective baseball prospectus if you want to get a little bit deeper maybe look at some catching numbers but yeah and um the other thing about like that's really important yeah the other thing about savant is you can watch like you can see a live game and you can see like pitcher velocity breakdowns and you can see like exit velocities and xba and how many parks it would be a home run so like if you're following a game live and want more information like you can go on savant and follow the game i really that's i mean kind of nerding out a little bit i think that like that's a like if if i go to the, like the d-backs are playing the mets right now if you like right when you go on savant you see like the scores on the top and you can click on a game and if you scroll down you can look at like um if you're not like on your computer right now just kind of just come back to this later when you can actually see it um but if you scroll down a little bit you can see like things like scoreboard illustrator box score and then yeah. like my favorite thing is probably to look at like pitch velocity because you can see like 
how their spin rate is different from like their average from the year. Oh, that yeah, that's on player breakdowns. Type. Yeah, you can look at uh, like right now like velocity and stuff like that. But, yeah, right now I'm looking at it. And Merrill Kelly is averaging one and a half miles per hour less on his fastball this game, and he got absolutely shelled. So like you can look at that like his velo's way down overall, yeah, and you pitch, that's what I'm saying. Too. And you can yeah. go look at that and be like, oh, his velocity's down. Maybe that's why he got shelled. Yeah, and so that's like exactly. It makes the game exactly. a little bit more enjoyable, I guess. We could do it. We could do a total stat deep dive another time. Um, I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I had a, I think that this is like, I feel like each episode we're having a little more and more fun with it. Um, I think that's all I got. Go watch some. Go watch. Uh, go watch Orioles Rays. That'll be a fun series yeah. to watch. So tune into that. Um, do you have anything else? Nope. Thanks for listening. All right. Thanks for listening. See you guys later.